going this morning i'm happy man i like doing these sunday morning editions you know oh, kind of yeah. coffee sitting outside you know when we can birds chirping and all the fun things going on um today uh this has been one we, we talked about when you and i started doing this we've had three names that keep coming up over yeah. and over again yep. gaieski snyder and then breadbender over and over again you know oh, yeah, so it's definitely. uh and we were, we're we're blessed enough to you know contact all three of them and this local legend um who is renowned renowned worldwide but we are blessed to have her locally it's on the show today coach breadbender so date i'm gonna get right into it because we're honored we've got coach b come on the show coach how you doing today i'm doing great how about you guys excellent yeah uh, we are coach. I will say, uh, we, we, uh, sometimes we still fanboy out and talking to you really is an honor. So thank you for taking the time to, to meet with us. We have a few questions we'll ask you. We'll break it down. Really wanted to dive into your mind a little bit about how you, you became a coach and stuff. So we have some questions. We'll go back and forth and Dave will go into what we call, um, open mic at the end. Uh, just okay. kind of have you share your story. Okay. So, Sounds great. so here we go. So coach first question, when we look at this, um, going back, obviously, you know, the elite, the, that you are with the shocks and all that back in the day, when did you first take your first coaching gig? Oh, man. Uh, I walked into a pretty interesting situation. So uh, for those of you that know me, I played softball at Truman State University, mm-hmm. which is in Kirksville, Missouri, uh, Division II school. And, um, you know, played for four years, was a catcher. Uh, my sophomore year, we had a new coach come in, uh, Coach Christy Schrader, and uh, did a really great job of turning around our program. I think my freshman year, you know, we might have been 25 and 20, mm-hmm. somewhere around that, and not really sniffing an MIAA. And then her first year, my sophomore year, we won 40-plus games, went to the <sighs> regional, and, and we're really at the top of the, the conference there. So she did an awesome job. And uh, ended up taking a job after my senior year at the University of California, Santa Barbara. I had one semester of school left, uh, a couple of classes that I just needed to finish up for graduation. And, and my brother owned a finance company. I was a business major. My, my lifelong plan was to get into business and, and kind of work for him and maybe branch out somewhere else once I got my feet under me, underneath me a little bit. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the coaching, uh, process at Truman hit a little snag. They had hired somebody, uh, fairly late in the summer and they ended up backing out, used it as leverage, uh, at their current position. And so I'm there, uh, living with, uh, at the time, I think I, we lived in the softball house. And so it was, uh, nice. a good, a good toss from, uh, the field to the house. So it was really close and. Uh, I think three other players on the team lived with me and then two other fifth years uh, that were in the same class as me that had exhausted their eligibility, but still had softball uh, or still had (laughs) school left. And they asked me, Hey, would you be interested in starting our practices up? We're going to have to reopen the search and it's going to take a little bit. Can you and, and uh, the other two fifth years, uh, you know, open up practice, get the girls going, run them through some stuff just to kind of get started so that we're not getting behind and, I'm like, yeah, yeah, no problem. Not a big deal. And, and so we started doing that. And, uh, you know, a couple of weeks later, Jerry Wolmering, the athletic director at Truman, pulled me in the office and he said, hey, we're, we're in a little bit of a bind here. We only had five applicants for the job since it's already uh, school time and we're not really into most of the applicants. Would you be interested at all in being our interim coach for one year? Oh man. Mm. And I was like, uh, I don't know about this. You know, I'm living with ha- three of the players and, you know, I'm kind of ready to, 
you know, not necessarily hang up the game, but be a normal student and, you know, not have the <laughs> responsibilities. And he's like, we really need you. These girls need you. And, and so I talked to uh, Aaron Brown, uh, who was Aaron Schwade at the time, and, and Missy Kane, uh, both who were my teammates, and said, okay, hey, if we do this, let's all do this together. And um, I was the head coach because I only had one semester of school. Aaron and Missy had uh, the full year. And so uh, I could devote a little bit more time than they could. So we agreed to do it, uh, stuck it out in that house for the semester ran through practices, did everything that we could. And then we all moved out uh, just because there was a little bit of a conflict of interest. And ironically, we moved into Elizabeth Economan's apartment. She lived Holy with cow. <laughs> two other girls. They moved into our rooms in our house and uh, it was the perfect switch. So I played with uh, coach Economan for her freshman year. And then I coached her her sophomore year. And that's a hundred percent how I got into coaching. Oh wow! Uh, once, once I started doing it, I loved it. Um, we ended up winning the conference tournament and going to regionals <laughs> that year in, in exciting fashion, actually squeezed home the winning run and the MIAA tournament uh, wow. and just had the itch. And in about April, Coach Schrader called me and said, hey, I need a good assistant out here at Santa Barbara. And, you know, I'd love for you to come out. So uh, I ended up going out to UC Santa Barbara and coaching out there as an assistant coach for three years before I came back to Kansas. So you, so you talk about, and uh, before Dane takes that, so you kind of went in with this idea of you have a business degree and this, this plan, and then, uh, of course, higher-ups had other plans, and now next thing you know, you're making softball your business, right? <laughs> Basically, yeah, like, you know, and I can't oh, yeah. imagine it not being my business, to yeah, be honest with it. you, you know? Yeah, I don't know what cool. I was thinking wanting to get into the finance world, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, it worked out really well for me. It was, you know, just right place at the right time, I guess. So we could say, though, maybe just looking back, half-joking, if we ever need to have you call a play and do our taxes, right? <laughs> I'm just there kidding, you coach. I'm just you know, kidding, I coach. do do my own taxes. <laughs> there you go. That's awesome. Taxes, so. I love yeah. it. I love it. Then go ahead, man. <laughs> so with that degree and, and, you know, getting that experience as a player coach, did that help you? Or when did you start putting your stamp on, you know, some of the things you guys were doing out on the field whenever during those days of being an assistant? Did you start molding and putting together the process of how you shape the game? You know, I think – had. One, kind of being thrust into literally having no clue what to do uh, that mm -hmm. first year at Truman. And, you know, you had to get out of your comfort zone. I'd never recruited before and went out and recruited some pretty good kids. Um, Stacy Gemeinhart Sessler, um, who's out of softball now, but she was actually in the exact same situation as I was at Emporia State. She was supposed to be the graduate assistant the Emporia State coach decided on August 1st, you know what, I'm going to retire. And they went ahead and promoted her to head coach with no experience. And so one of the things that I learned at a very, very early age was, hey, network, find your people, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. and, and her and I played travel ball against each other. And so we, we knew each other a little bit and ended up chatting quite a bit and, and obviously playing against each other. And she turned around Emporia State's program in, in, in four years. And, and really at the end of the day, when I went to Santa Barbara, Coach Schrader um, and her pedigree, she played at UCLA, was mm -hmm. an all-decade player, was in the mm -hmm. same class as Lisa Fernandez, oh, wow. won two national championships, lost twice in the national championship game. Um, so I was really lucky when I got out there not to just learn from her and really have some, some major responsibility as a, as a coach, but to also get to pick the brains of some of the best. I mean, yeah. we could sit with Sue Inquist and Kirk Walker and Kelly I and Mike Kendrea and, 
it was no big deal because they all knew who Christy was. And, you know, (laughs) so I kind of got into that family of, you know, softball that was so successful in the nineties and was able to really learn from them and and pick their brains. And so to me, that kind of was a foundation of the things that you learn and, and can take away and, you know, don't get me wrong. There's also things that you see that you don't want to do. And, and mm-hmm. when you picture yourself as a head coach and you're like, you know, I probably would have done something a little different here or whatever. And so you're always evolving from a yeah. philosophical yeah. Uh, standpoint. But I, I definitely think some really good things I learned in those four years of, of being the interim and then being an assistant coach. We, uh, I think about, I'm just, it just, I think you kind of answered it in a way. I feel like man, because you've done millions of these. Uh, when you look at the the background, and obviously what, what I think, it's cool that now it's, we mentioned the breadbenders, the Gajewskis, the Gassos. Like, that's the that's the breath, right? Like, that's the rarefied air. That's where you are, and it's clear, like, your accolades, and people talk about you, and that, that's that same circle. But taking that, obviously, every legend kind of has someone they've looked up to or they pick, you know, someone's brain on. In your career, was there a standout person that's helped you or maybe influenced you the most, whether it's a player or a coach? Who's been your go-to uh, influence in your life? You know, I I think for me – I don't have that one, one person, you know, over the last probably six, seven years, I've really um, used Rhonda Ravel at Nebraska as a great mentor for me. Just, you know, she's had some unbelievable programs up at Nebraska and a lot of kids that we've recruited against have gone there or whatever. Um, I think when I was at Emporia State, obviously I kept in contact with Coach Schrader. I mean, she was doing such a great job at Santa Barbara and you know, I just think you kind of find your little niche, you know, um, and you learn to, you learn to not be afraid to reach out. You know, that's one thing that has always resonated with me is, is, you know, you can be a really great mentor to people. If if people have been a great mentor to you, you need to pay it back. And Mm -hmm. I've been really fortunate to have that. And, you know, I'm, I'm an avid softball watcher. I, I, you know, I Mm -hmm. try to watch softball all the time and, you know, anytime I possibly can. So for me, especially when I was at Emporia and you're still learning so much. It was awesome to watch the D one schools and watch Mm -hmm. the women's college world series and go and see how those coaches interacted with their players and things like that. And so to me, it was just a lot more my eyes and ears, not necessarily a certain person, but you know, I've got my people now that I really lean on and that have helped me professionally. But I think from the beginning, it was just taking it all in and, and trying to absorb as much as I possibly yeah. could. Man, yeah, yeah go ahead, Dan. That, that's just I'm I'm, I'm yeah. absorbing that too. But go ahead, Dan. You know. Yeah, I, I was to say going into this season, 2023. I'm sure you guys are now right into the thick of it, coming up on a month until your first games. What are your What are your goals, or what are you guys looking for in this 2023 season, just to get off on the right foot to set your season up for success? Yeah, you know, we've got a pretty tough schedule, I think, for us. Um, you know, that's always been something that we prided ourselves on is trying to play the the toughest schedule we possibly can to set ourselves up for what I think is a pretty tough conference schedule, you know. Yeah. And mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah. so our goals are really simple. Take it one day at a time. You know, those are those are always going to be your simple goals. Uh, one day at a time. Try to get better every day. If we can get 1% better every single day and and, you know, that's going to help us to to be ready to go in conference play. But I think mm-hmm. the overall goal, you know, we want to make it to a regional again. We want to yep. win the conference. Yep. You know, it, it's truly our goal in our program to win a regional. And we haven't yep. got we haven't gotten there yet. We've gotten to the championship game a couple of times. But, you know, that next step, in my opinion, of really that 
elite level of success is getting to that super regional. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I think that's always in the back of our minds, but I'm all about the process. You know, we've got yeah. a lot of things that we've got to get done and accomplish and, you know, work through before we can really even consider that, that super regional, that regional. And, you know, for me, that's just getting after it every day at practice, getting yeah. the girls to work hard and understand that, uh, you know, there's so much that lies in their control, you know, mm-hmm. it, the belief that they can do it and then putting in the hard work to give them the confidence to do it. Yeah. Man, it's just, so I, we, we ask a lot too, and I understand obviously with, you know, getting to a tournament and supers and whatnot, um, every coach kind of has a different answer and it really is right. Do you look for a coach when you go into it though, when you're looking, all right, we're going to regular season play. Sometimes we'll catch ourselves doing this. Do you still look at possibly like records? Um, does that, you know, does that stand out to you? Like I want a certain record by the time I'm done with this for the year. Do you go after that at all? When you guys no, I, no. I, I'm not a big, um, you know, it's interesting. We definitely look at stats from a, from a scouting perspective, mm-hmm. but we're always looking at other people's stats. Yes, I sir. look at ours a little bit here and there. And, you know, our, we've been really fortunate in, especially in the last couple of years to really have some unbelievable stats and records yeah. and record breakers and things like that. And I yeah. think sometimes you can get a little lost in your own information lost on oh man she's hitting this and our fielding percentage is this and our ERA is this you know what I'm actually just really looking at that opponent who do we have next how can we prepare for that opponent how can we make sure that we're prepared you know to 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 beat that team and I think for us um you know stats are great and, and records are great and all that kind of stuff but if we do what I think we can do, our record should take care of itself, which at the end of the day, all that matters is your RPI. You know, mm-hmm. is your RPI going to be good enough that if yep. for some reason you don't win the conference tournament like last year, that we're still going to get in? Yep. And I think those are the things that I want to make sure that we're keeping an eye on. Okay, is this a game that, you know, we can afford to – not play great and get away with it or you know you don't want those types of situations right. so when we go into a tournament it's like okay we've got to win these two games no matter what because they're going to be bad losses if we lose mm-hmm. and these other two games we've got to give it our all they're a good team they're going to be a good win on our record book um, just kind of looking at it that way I think instead of looking at our overall hey are we you know 30 and 10 or, or whatever at that I moment. like it that's yeah. kind of a in, in a way, and Dane, you, we probably man because we've yeah. been blessed to hear a lot of philosophies, and it's more about reaction, um, reaction versus the score or the record. So that's interesting. Like the elite coaches, like you, and that's where we remind ourselves sometimes as parents and coaches, like we'll be looking at, all right, awesome, we're on a five game win streak, but maybe the girls could have played better. You know, it's it's weird how even at the top level, like yourself, you're more about yeah. reaction, yeah. influence, team chemistry, you know, um, headspace, and all that. So those are. Those are things that it just it makes us comforted to hear that even at the elitist elite, like that's still the the keeping the main thing the main thing, you know. So, um, coach, we have a few. Dana and I love this part. Every one of our guests, I told you this is the only part I don't prep you for. Just to have a little fun, okay? So these we, we used to do rapid fire. Now we've changed it to what we call either or for a few weeks. So these are okay. either or. You just gotta like literally personality based say that that you have to pick one. And you can't think about it, okay? You ready? Okay. These are five either or. Here we go. Funyuns or Doritos? Oh, Doritos. Okay. Okay. Movie or show? Movie. Okay. Metallica or GNR? Oh man, that one's tough. I've gotta <laughs> go Guns and Roses. 
Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, summer or winter? Summer. Okay. And then Yahtzee or Monopoly? Uh, Yahtzee. Okay. Monopoly. See, Dane, everyone, is, you're right, Dane. We're, yeah. I'm, I'm 0 and 4. I'm the only <laughs> Monopoly lover that I've ever yeah, had. So. Nobody wants to get in those marathons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, Dane. That, that, thanks, Coach. That's just a little fun thing we do, just a little segment for personality. I'm going to get yeah. back to Dane for the deep stuff. <laughs> so. Yeah, on this next segment, we call it a preaching segment. You know, we open up the floor to the guests a little bit to, you know, get a philosophy or a message out there because what we try to do with our, our podcast is inspire some of these younger girls that inspire to get or that aspire to get to where you're at, maybe even, you know, learn from you or under you at some point. Is there a message that you could pass on to them to kind of help or a philosophy you've carried through the year to kind of help them on their path uh, when they listen to say, okay, this is something you can take with you and, you know, have it ring in your ears to make you a little bit better player, not only on the field, but psychologically and mentally. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, our philosophy at Wichita State is more of a mentality. I mean, there's things that you can control and there's things that you can't. there's a lot more things that you can't control than you can. And, you know, we preach at Wichita State uh, a couple things. You can always give 100% effort. You know, when mm-hmm. you show up every single day, give me 100%. Even on your worst days, you know, if you're not feeling great, things like that, sometimes just kind of pushing through and face those tough days, you feel mm-hmm. so much more accomplished on a day that you weren't feeling awesome, that you made it through and, and you got a little bit better. Uh, then maybe on those days that you feel great and and you made it through. Um, But I think 100% effort and then having a great attitude, you know, totally controllable Mm -hmm. attitude that you show up with every single day. And, um, you know, those two things are big for our program. We also are big with um, having fun and and being enthusiastic. You know, there's a lot of coaches out there and it's disheartening, in my opinion, at a young age that don't want you cheering in the dugout or don't want you, oh, man. you know, yeah. goofing and things like that. And, you know, at the end of the day, softball's supposed to be fun. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I thought it was funny last year. Um, you know, I'm on the NCAA uh, rack last year, which is the regional uh, advisory committee. So I kind of I meet every couple weeks and we talk a little bit about who should be getting into the postseason and giving some recommendations in a certain region. and a hot topic um, over the last five years has been props in the dugout. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't know if you remember, but probably six or seven years ago, there's one particular team that had a bunch of props in the dugout. And (laughs) some people complained, said that it was a little (laughs) juvenile and the NCAA started to ban props. Well, the girls have gotten pretty creative over time. And, you know, (laughs) <laughs> the rule is, is that you can't have anything other that's our, other than what's designated in the dugout to use as a prop. So as you can see, people now are taking the Powerade or Gatorade cups or who's ever yeah. the sponsor of that year and they're making their own props. And, you know, last year, Maddie Espinosa, who's our hype girl, does an unbelievable job and, uh, you know, just kills her role as just the person that's mo- the most selfless and the biggest and best teammate you can have on a team uh, had a cowboy hat that she liked to wear. Yeah. And uh, they told us that we couldn't have it in the dugout. And so we made a cowboy hat out of uh, <laughs> the Powerade cups. And I thought it was genius. And uh, ironically this year on the national committee, which I, I bumped up now I'm on the national committee, they ended up changing the rule and you can now have props in the dugout nice. because yeah. they said the management for the people that had to work the regionals 
they were spending so much time telling teams that they can't have props that it became, you know, an annoyance and the girls are just having fun. And at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. It's a sport they compete at and, and it should be fun. And I think when it's fun for them, they're playing their best. And that's, that's what you should ultimately want. And so yeah. to me, that's something that you always have to go back and look at. Are we having fun? Are we doing things yeah. to make these girls enjoy it? And absolutely. But, you know, that hard work's going to pay off eventually. And you know what? If the game doesn't go your, your way that day, you know, think about the things that you could have fixed, work on them and move on. But there's no reason to, yeah. to dwell on them. Man, oh, yeah. that's just – that's – I don't even – like, I'm just sitting here. I, I always say this all the time. I burn through, like, four pages of notes, Coach. I'm just yeah. – I'm writing down these pointers, like, stuff I'm taking to practice. Like, girls, I'm just going to play this and say, listen to what Coach said. This is your coaching for the week, you know. So, no, I'm kidding. But, then you have another one, too. That, that's yeah. good stuff, man. I was going to say, we, we faced a lot of that as well with the props and things like that and the dugouts. And, and ultimately, it was decided, you know, it's kind of at, you know, the different coaches' discretion. But uh, we definitely understand you on that. But whenever you're – Another question I had with kind of when you're going into your recruiting portion of your year, other than just the obvious skill set that you are looking for to bring onto your squad, is that character kind of another thing that you look for or how much of that is in the forefront whenever you're going to recruit a player? Yeah, I think selflessness, hustle, energy, um, you know, reaction to failure, all those things are things that we look for that are Um, more emotional than they are physical. You know, you're correct when you say that we're looking for a certain skill set. You know, if we're looking for a catcher, we're not going to recruit a catcher that, you know, can't block and can't throw. Mm -hmm. You know, we're definitely going to look for that specific skill set. But when we're determining between different catchers, how great of a leader are they? You know, what do they do when the team's struggling? You know, are they somebody that calls timeout, goes out, gathers everybody together and says, hey, we got this, we can get after this a little bit? Or are they a kid that just kind of puts their head down, shoulders down? Because especially in that catching position, which I was a catcher, and so that's something that I think makes a big difference. If you don't have somebody that has great presence back there, then that can be a a real challenge for your entire team because they're looking at that person. They're looking Mm -hmm. at that person every single pitch. And so that presence goes a long way. And so, you know, when we go through the recruiting process, I I get that I'm I'm kind of singling out one single person, but, you know, every person needs to have that kind of presence, that mentality, that hustle, that, um, you know, that attitude that, you know, Hey, I'm here to to compete and to have fun and and I'm going to give my all. And, you know, there's a lot of people that stand out in that way. You know, we notice the kids that, you know, throw their bats, throw their equipment, pout, run in the dugout and, you know, stand in the corner and cry. And um, we also notice the kids that as soon as the game's over, grab their stuff, pack it all up themselves, put it on their backpack, walk out and and seem like, you know, maybe the, the game didn't go well for them. But you know what? We're taking care of business and we're moving on versus the kid that throws their bag at their dad or is yelling at their parent. I mean, we've yeah. seen it all, believe me. Yeah. And you know, really easy ways to get off people's lists is just by having a bad attitude. And, uh, you know, I think that that's uh, something we always want to look forward to to seeing and how they react in tough situations. Interesting. Well, on With that, do you, do you look at the, now that everybody can go into the transfer portal and, and everybody's now with the internet is just so accessible to watch their games and how they, you know, carry themselves on and off the field with social media. 
do, do you find that this the transfer portal it helps you guys as far as bringing in certain certain players and now that you can see them in college you learn how they react to this level as opposed to okay in high school they're probably the stud on their team does it help now that you can go after those players and they're easily more easily accessible through the transfer portal yeah, I think, you know, the transfer portal is actually a little bit more difficult for us than I feel like it's been in recent years. I think when you're seeing the power five schools like the Oklahoma States and the Oklahomas and um, I mean, they're easy to name just because they're right here in our back door. But mm -hmm. just this year, you know, they brought in 11 transfers between the two of them. That's a lot. Wow. You know, we're lucky when we're bringing in one, maybe two and for us, the transfer portal's very need-based. You know, mm -hmm. if we know maybe we're um, a kid's not working out at a certain position, or maybe academically she's struggling and we're not sure she's in a certain area, whatever, we're really purposeful in the transfer portal. We're not we're mm -hmm. not looking to kind of reinvent our whole team, you know, but right. in clearing the path. And so I think for us, it's been a lot more difficult in that portal. Um, just because there's so many other schools that are using it now. You know, we were really yeah. fortunate early on before it really was called the transfer portal to get some really great recruits, Sid McKinney, Bailey Lang, um, obviously, you know, to name a few, you don't want to miss out on Zoe Jones. She was actually right. in the portal portal, but you know, you look at those kids and, you know, I think if Sid's in the portal right now, she doesn't maybe come to Wichita State, but she's going to have quite a few other opportunities. And her circumstances were a little different. But, um, you know, I do think you bring up a great point. There's a reason those kids are in the portal. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the experience that they are leaving isn't what they thought it was going to be. Maybe, mm -hmm. you know, they weren't getting the playing time that they were looking for. And, you know, they're looking for something different. I think we tend to get those kids a little bit more versus oh. the kids that want and really excelled at a high level mm -hmm. and are like, you know what, I'm awesome. And now I'm <laughs> going to go play at the school yeah. that can win a world series tomorrow. Yeah. There's a difference there, you know? And for me, I like looking at the portal because I like giving some kids second chances. Yeah. And I think our program is a very forgiving, a very inclusive, environment yeah. so a lot of times it's a very positive second chance for people and they thrive within it yeah. but i want to make sure it's always somebody that's going to help us man yeah. you uh and you, coach i tell you what like said we had the privilege and thank you by the way for allowing that because sid and kristen have been on the show in the past couple months and yeah uh, obviously we are we knew you know the public side of how much we just love you but they're just there's another level of how much they look up and adore and respect you and it's like they call you mom like every, they both of them yeah. are like or mom or big sis you know and all that it's like it's just there's a sense of like you said inclusiveness and everybody belongs under coach b and i love yeah. that you know even i don't know if you probably remember this but we took one of our teams we have like the 10 different teams we took one we came to see you guys play and we had a chance like you know you always kind of make time for your fans and all that but you stop by and talk to the girls it was even just passing by it's like there's, there's memories that we'll never let go of and just how great being around coach b is everyone just yep. loves being yep. around you so we know doing these kind of things you get asked all the time it's just a privilege coach to really be able to get time to, to catch up with you uh, time flies when we're having fun we already hit 30 and we know you got things to do we are we are definitely going to be at several of the home games yes. this year we'll be bringing the team so uh, we, we can't wait to really get there and, and cheer you on in that screen section so uh, we just we just can't wait to see all the great things you do in the upcoming season you know so uh, coach I, again we i know time permitting we could we could pick your brain for hours but you've got a team to run and so, Dane and I really appreciate you yep. 
taking the time to stop by. Did you have anything in closing, Coach, that we could, you know, that you wanted to say to the audience listening before we get you back to your day? Or yeah, you know what? You brought up something that I think one the flattery of all the things you're saying is unbelievable. <laughs> it's but facts, it's a though. choice. <laughs> it's a choice as a coach. You know, it's our job to grow the game and. Um, you know, I try to do the best that I possibly can each and every day to make sure these kids love it and, and still want to be a part of it. And, you know, saying hi to somebody or giving them a second of your time to make sure that, you know, they know that, that you feel special. That's a choice. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, I challenge all coaches to give back to this sport. Mm, you yeah. know, I spoke, I was fortunate enough to speak at the NFCA's uh, clinic the last two days. And, you know, the number of people that just want to get better as coaches or want to pick your brains and things like that, that goes a long way. And, um, you know, for me, I I don't think it takes much to be a good person. I appreciate your kind words, but I challenge all coaches to to give people your time because it does mean a lot and, and hopefully it makes a lifelong fan out of that yeah. person. Oh yeah. We already were. And I'll tell you this, I got to get this out of the air. We're transplanted shockers. We came from Oklahoma. So we, but we quickly adapted to, like I said, we, we root for this home team consistently, you know? So again, there's just every one of your people we've talked to, like Sadie even volunteered some of her time. She's coming by within the next couple of weeks on a non-practice day to work with our girls. You guys are all just so like, wanting to give back and just good human beings so coach like i said it's uh, i'm glad we do this one on sunday starting the week off on a good note like yourself so coach we we thank you for your time uh our honor we always say we learn a lot so we did especially today so we'll get you we'll get you back your day and we'll have this out to the audience in no time but coach again thank you we can't wait to cheer you on and beat your games and we wish you all the best in the upcoming season okay so yeah thank you guys so much go shocks uh, of course uh, coach. Uh, uh, yes go shocks thank you so much so dane man i'm telling you everyone has said it like it she's even cooler than what that they oh, yeah. say and they say it's a highly things about her but what do you think of that man uh like you said you know sometimes you don't want to meet your your heroes because it's a letdown but this one definitely nope. was not there's no letdown there man so no. and it's like she it's cool because i didn't want to like whenever we were prepping because we always try to you know give them a little heads up beforehand so she had reached out to me again yesterday it's like i got time just make just makes time for everybody you know she's got yeah. a family yeah. she's raising some beautiful her and her wife are raising some beautiful kids and yep. she has just always got time no matter if she doesn't she makes time so that's the yep. kind of coach yeah. That's the kind of person I want to be, man. So I just, uh, man, we got many more to come, but we want to start the week off on on the on a high note like that. So yeah. Coach B, we've got Coach Yegi coming up from uh, the Griffins, uh, Missouri yeah. team. Can't wait to talk to them. Yeah. Uh, we've got a local legend that people have been asking for, Daddy Strawman. Coach Orlando's coming up. <laughs> <laughs> and then we end the day on a personality note with one of our favorite DJs yeah. of all time, Phil Hendry. So today's going to be a packed day. So uh, we got lots of work to do today. We're prepping all day. You guys stay with us. Uh, we hope that you can continue to spread the word and listen in and this awesome Sunday morning. So we'll be around. Don't forget though. One last thing. We love you. Thank you for listening.